are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on July 12th of 2022. Going to go over the announced All-Star Game rosters, some All-Star Game snubs, uh, the confirmed home run derby participants so far. Uh, we had a minor prospect for draft pick trade. Uh, between the Braves and the Royals, and then a rule that the MLB is going to implement in one of the minor leagues about the shift, and then we'll jump to Players of the Week at the end, like always. But before we get to all of that, how you doing, Matt? What, what's going on this week? Doing pretty good. I'm just uh, hanging out, and uh, just pretty much a normal week. Um, you know, it's uh, middle of July. It's it's hot here, and it's raining about once every two or three days, and when it rains, it pours. So. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it's been, everything's going good. How about, how about yourself? It's, uh, it's going good over here. Like hot as well, as you're saying, um, you know, just trying to, trying to beat that and, uh, you know, just keep it going and not much going on. Just watching some baseball and sports world's been crazy in general, not just baseball. Just trying to keep on top of all of that and, you know, get ready for this all-star game. Cause I think it's going to be pretty fun. But we'll go ahead and start looking at the we'll look at the All Star Game uh, starters who were elected, uh, and then we'll talk about who were named as replacements. So if we're looking at the American League side, you got Alejandro Kirk was selected as the All Star Game catcher uh, for the AL, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base, Jose Altuve at second base, Rafael Devers at third base, Tim Anderson at shortstop, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Giancarlo Stanton are your outfielders, and your DH is Shohei Otani. Yeah, so uh, out of the starters, I mean, pretty much all these guys deserve to be in the game. Um, uh, you know, John Carlos Stanton, you know, especially as an outfielder, it's kind of, you know, I, I'm not super huge on that, even though he's had a good year. Um, but you know, 133 WRC plus, but but the but the the um, you know the. The defense has been bad. The base running's been bad. He's really a DH. 22 home runs is good, but uh, he's honestly, he's actually got a the same war as Aaron Hicks, who's been criticized all year in New York. So I thought that was kind of interesting to look at. But, um, you know, uh, out of those guys, I mean, you know, Alejandro Kirk for sure. Guerrero, you know, they're not the – I mean, I don't think he's having the best year at a first baseman. In fact, the guy who's probably having the best year at a first baseman is not on the team. We'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, Altuve, Devers are, for, are sure things. Uh, Tim Anderson, you know, I probably wouldn't have made that pick, but uh, Judge and Trout, you know, sure. And then, um, you know, Shohei Otani, it actually ended up working out since Jordan is injured now. So uh, Shohei Otani would be the DH. He was, he has been the second best DH in the American League this year behind Jordan as a hitter. But, uh, of course, Jordan being injured uh, puts Shohei there, so. Yeah, and then let's go ahead and look at the reserve section real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap that part up. But we have Jose Trevino from the Yankees, Luis Arias from the Twins, uh, Andres Jimenez from the Guardians, Jose Ramirez from the Guardians, Xander Bogarts from Boston, uh, Byron Buxton from the Twins, Kyle Tucker from Houston, George Springer from Toronto, Andrew Benintendi from KC, Julio Rodriguez from Seattle. Jordan was elected as a reserve to begin with, but has now been replaced with J.D. Martinez. Yeah, so um, out of the reserves, I mean, I thought uh, the Trevino one was pretty interesting. 
Um, you know, he he's been he's had a great year. Um, you know, not playing full time, but um, you know, he's been he's been really solid when he's been out there. Uh, see split time with Gashioka, but he does have the second best WAR in the American League out of catchers, and it's really close behind Alejandro Kirk. That's only in 58 games, so I thought they got that right. Even though you could have made an argument for Jonah Heim, who's been a better hitter than Trevino, but um, you know uh, that was interesting. And then you, you know Luis Arias is pretty cool to see. Um, you know, just a super contact oriented guy. Uh, we don't see that all that much, uh, but I mean he's been really really good at the plate. Uh, he's 20th in the in the American League in wins above replacement. Um, you know, I, I thought. Uh, I mean, first base is kind of weird for him though, because he he does play all over. But um, you know, Bogarts and Ramirez definitely ought to be there. Um, I think that uh, you know, uh, Julio Rodriguez. That's really awesome that he's getting a, a chance in the All Star game. Uh, ben Intendi's there because just because I mean he's been pretty good this year, but you know he's mainly there because of the Kansas City needed a representative and uh, Springer. Springer's been good this year, but you know there's I thought there were probably some guys that could have gone ahead of Springer. Uh, you maybe look at uh, Taylor Ward. Uh, you know could have yeah. gone ahead of Springer. I thought he's had a really good year, even though it's for a team that's been um, not good. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, you could have made an argument for a couple other guys too, but Springer, Springer is really good, and, and I talk all the time about how underrated Springer is. So, uh, yeah, I think I think most of these picks are, are pretty good for the most part. Yeah, I, I mean, I, from the American League offensive side, I really I think it was like France, it was yeah. Heim, and I, I you could probably find one or two more, but I think overall they probably did a better job at least than the NL. I think the NL there's. A lot of people that are left off the team that um, you know should be there, which we'll talk about there in a little bit. Yeah, and it, you know, if we're talking about snubs, Francis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I don't understand how he's not on there. Uh, of course, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the guy that they picked ahead of him was Arias, right? And Arias has a higher WAR than France. I mean, France has played four less games only, so. Uh, Arias has been incredible. 153 WRC plus. Only thing about Arias is it could have put him in a different position than France. So, yeah. you know, they could have put Arias at second base because uh, he's played second base a good bit, and then France could have been the first place because, you know, Andres Jimenez is right in there too. But um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I get it. I honestly, I, honestly, I get it. But it's hard to. I don't like how they do the DH either. Um, yeah, I think that they could just put good hitters that are not in other positions. Like that would be the perfect spot for France to get in. So. That, and I'm, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I also not that much of a fan of each team has to have the representative because I feel like it does take some people. Like, you know, if you yeah. say Kansas City didn't need to have a representative, would beat France be in over Benintendi? Probably. I mean, I mean, probably he would. Not saying well, I, I don't think he. Sure. Well, if, I mean, it would an outfield, but. You know, they would have put an outfielder in there. But, I mean, it – yeah, I mean, have, I get – like two. They already have four extra outfielders. Well, I think, they, I think it's they have a set number that they have to have, or maybe not. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I get it. Um, I get having the players because, you know, at the end of the day, the All-Star game is for entertainment, and it does kind of suck for a team if, you know, they're not allowed to have any if, – if a team doesn't have any players, a lot of their fans just won't tune in. But, I mean – you know, Kansas City fans, some might tune in to watch Benintendi, watch their representative play. I don't know. I, I mean, I just think, I guess I get it to a certain level. So, 
Um, and then also noting the last offensive player, at least in right now, there will be some other substitutions throughout the time. But uh, Rob Manfred had a legacy pick on each side for the AL and the NL. And the AL side, he decided to have Miguel Cabrera um, be that pick. Uh, and I'll let you talk about that. But when after we do the pitchers, you can just kind of wrap everything up with that one. Um, talking about the American League pitchers, we have Shane McClanahan, Justin Verlander, Alex Manoa, Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole, Otani, uh, Paul Blackburn, Martin Perez, Framber Valdez. And then looking at the bullpen, you got Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Classe, Jorge Lopez, and Gregory Soto. Yeah, so out of the starters, I mean, um, Shane McClanahan, Verlander are obvious picks. Uh, Garrett Cole, I think definitely it's deserving. Um, you know, I look at, um, you know, Shohei. I think that's great that Shohei's there because on a rate basis, he's honestly been, you know, like a top two or three pitcher. Uh, and then you got a couple guys who are there because they needed a representative, you know, Oakland. Paul Blackburn's been their best player, probably, uh, pitcher or hitter. So, you know, that's why he's there. Uh, Martin Perez, he's been good, but, you know, He's been really good. He, he's probably been deserving of being on the team. But, um, you know, Texas needed a player, so uh, he's in there. And then, I mean, I, Framber Valdez as well. He's so he's such a weird, weird pitcher, but he has been really good. Um, the one that I don't really – I don't understand how how Kevin Gossman's not on the team. I, I really don't. And, I mean, you know, with all due respect to Nestor Cortez – you know, he's been great this year. I just, I mean, uh, Kevin Gossman's been better. And, and Kevin Gossman's been a little bit better than Alec Manoa, although Manoa's pitched a lot more innings. So I, I get that. But Kevin Gossman leads the American League in war for, for pitchers at 3.7. I mean, I, I don't, it is tough to leave him off the team. And then relievers-wise, you got a couple there that are there because they're re- lone representatives, Jorge Lopez and so- Gregory Soto. And then, um, you know, uh, the other two, Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Classe, there's not a lot you can say about them. I mean, they're just, you know, phenomenal pitchers. So um, definitely uh, definitely some interesting picks there. Um, you know, honestly, um, I don't know if they really got the pitchers right, but they they did, they did okay. So Yeah, the only other pitcher that I would mention that I think should probably be in consideration or maybe even got snubbed to is Dylan Cease. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, he's I, I didn't... Had, He's had a phenomenal, phenomenal year from year so yeah. far, um, and he should probably be in that that consideration. He probably should be in over Nestor as well. Like, yeah. I know Nestor was a good story to begin the season; he was really good, but yeah. he's kind of fell off recently. Um, yeah. And Gossman and Caesar are definitely better than. Yeah, him. and one other point too, you know, with, with these guys, if they're tied, I mean, look at the others. Look at the stats other than just the ERA. Nestor's got a great ERA, but you know, like I, I, at the end of the day. I think that Dylan Cease has been a much better pitcher. I mean, he's got 13 strikeouts per nine. You know, he's thrown more innings, even though it's only four or five more innings. Like, I I mean, it, he's been better of late. I mean, Nestor, Nestor's in there because he's a Yankee and, and he's a good story. I mean, and that's cool for him. And I, I'm, I'm happy for Nestor Cortez. That's, that's a good story. But, it's you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I, I don't I don't especially love that. But it's um, just more deserving yeah. players. Like yeah. we understand it's a good story for these guys. Yeah, and we're exactly. not saying that they, that they don't deserve to be, it's just right. that these guys we feel are more deserving. Yeah. It's whoever's like, most deserving. And some of these guys will get added because yeah. guys who pitch over the weekend won't be pitching in the all-star games. They'll add a couple more. I'm sure that Gossman will get added or, or at least uh, he should. 
like Dusty um, Baker said today that Verlander's not going to pitch in the All-Star game pretty much. Right, so, so like, it, which makes sense. He, he should, if he's not going to pitch in the game, at least let one of these other guys who yeah, yeah. may potentially get in there. Yeah, like Deceased might be a guy who doesn't start. Shane Bieber's another guy. Yeah. Um, Shane Bieber's been the fourth best pitcher in the American League by war. Now he has a 344 ERA, but he's got a 281 FIP, and he's been really, really good. So um, just a little bit of bad luck and defense behind him have struggled. So um, definitely uh, definitely some guys out there who um, – who, who are probably a little more deserving, but uh, still, I mean, everyone in, I don't think there's just a, an absolute, like crazy awful pick in here. I mean, all these guys have been good this year to a, to an all-star caliber player. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe Gregory Soto. I haven't even really paid that much attention to him, but um, the rest of them, I mean, uh, been very good. So Gregory Soto is a two-time all-star, by the way. Yeah. He it's made it last crazy. year. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I think so. he's actually been pretty decent for the yeah. Tigers this year and has a bunch of saves. So anyways, let's jump over to the National League and we'll look at the elected starters there. You got a catcher, Wilson Contreras at first base, Paul Goldschmidt at second base, Jazz Chisholm Jr. At third base, you have Manny Machado. At shortstop, you have Trey Turner. Uh, your outfielders are Ronald Acuna Jr., Jock Peterson, Mookie Betts. Your elected DH starter was Bryce Harper, but that has already, uh, now that we know that he's out, um, has said that William Contreras will start with Harper uh, sidelined. So both Contreras brothers are going to start for the NL team this year. So I think that's a pretty good story. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at this and that the, the Contreras story is really cool. That's the first time since I don't remember what year it was, but it was Roberto and Sandy Alomar started together uh, back in the early 90s. Or it might have been even in the late 80s. I think it was the early 90s, though. Uh, so that's that's a pretty cool story. Um, and then you got. Um, you know, this team, I mean, I think that the National League team was very, very poorly put together, I thought. Um, you know, I don't know how, you know, Trey Turner's ahead of Dansby. I mean, that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, I, I think is great, and, I, and I'm a really big fan of Jazz Chisholm. But, you know, he's missed a lot of games. You know, there's other guys who I probably would have – thought maybe should be starting ahead of him um you know of course some of that's because they're put at the wrong positions although i mean i think jeff mcneil's probably been better than jazz chisholm so i mean i don't i think that might be one you could look at i don't remember where he was in voting but he's listed as a second baseman on the reserves uh manny machado paul goldschmidt definitely deserving wilson Contreras for sure uh you know ronald acuna jr i mean as much as i love him i, I mean he hadn't you know, I don't know why he's, you know, people vote for him because they like him, which is great. But, I mean, he's probably not deserving of being a starter on the on the all-star team uh, in the outfield. Uh, Jock Peterson's kind of up there, and I get why he's a starter. But at the same time, like, you know, there's other guys. I mean, uh, there's other guys you could have put – you would have put ahead of him. I mean, um, so – and then you look at uh, Mookie, I think, should probably be there. And then um, – Anyways, so it's so interesting stuff. Um, I think that um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues with, with for me with this with the starters. But of course, the starters it's fan voting and yeah. it always goes weird. So uh, that's what I was say. It's all fan voting there, and uh, there's definitely some question mark ones. But um, oh well. But looking at the reserves, there you got Travis Darno at catcher, uh, Pete Alonso and C.J. Crone at first base, Jeff McNeil at second base. 
Uh, Nolan Arenado at third base, Stansby, Swanson at shortstop. Um, the outfield reserves are Kyle Schwarber, Starling Marte, Ian Happ, and Juan Soto. Um, and then to fill the DH spot, Garrett Cooper was added for Contreras, who has been moved up to the starting lineup. And the legacy pick from Rob Manfred is Albert Pujols. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at catchers, um, you know, that's one that a lot of people had problems with. And, you know, I think that uh, I think they got it. They probably got it right. Um, I do think Will Smith has been really good. But Travis Darno, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, is has been worth the same war. Travis Darno doesn't play every day, but he's been you know close to, to Will Smith's bat. But you know he's been a much better defensively, mainly in the framing aspect. It just kind of depends on how you value that. But they've both been really good, and I think Will Smith would have been deserving there as well. Um, you look at. Um, you know, some of these other guys, um, you know, Pete Alonso should be there. CJ Crone's there because of the need for a representative from Colorado, and he's probably been their best player. Um, you know, I think Freddie Freeman got snubbed from first base. He's been – he's not having the same year as he's had it in the past at times, but he's been extremely good. He's been the second most valuable first baseman, and, and not, it's not really close to number three so far this year. So – um, you know, in fact, number number three, um, number three is not on the team either. So, you know, uh, uh, CJ Crone's been the fifth best first baseman in the league this year based on WAR. Uh, so, and Pete Alonso's fourth. So, I mean, I would have gone with Freeman or Josh Bell over. Um, although Pete Alonso, CJ Crone are really close to Josh Bell, but uh, you know, Jeff McNeil, um, you know, he's been really good. Nolan Arenado uh, should be there. Um, you know, it's one of those things too. I mean, Austin Riley has been like a top 10 player in the NL this year. He's been extremely good, but, you know, and he's a snub. But at the same time, you know, if they can only have two third basemen, I mean, Machado and Arenado, it's kind of hard to put him over one of those two guys. So that, that just kind of makes it difficult for, for Austin Riley, even though he, I mean, he's one of the, probably one of the 10 best players in the league. Um, and then you look, it's kind of what another two, time, too, where that DH spot, you know, being for, um, could be for, anybody i guess but uh you know dansby swanson i think he should be starting but he got he got the nod on the team uh schwarber uh he's hit a lot of home runs i, I don't know why sterling Marte is on the team uh it doesn't make much sense to me there's been a lot of better outfielders uh than sterling Marte this year no offense to him but uh he's had um he's the third best outfielder on his team um so uh you know behind jeff mcneil who He's on the team as a second base. So Brandon Nemo, I think, would have been a much better pick. Um, you know, Gavin Lux has been better. Um, I, I, so I, I don't know. Ian Happ's there. That, that's cool. He's been really good. And uh, Juan Soto, you know, he's even in a down year, he's one of the best players in the game. So uh, cool for Garrett Cooper to get added. He has been the third best if you're looking at guys who are, you know, pretty strictly DHs. So that's really cool for Garrett Cooper, a guy who's kind of a journeyman type player. Uh, until kind of late, he's a late bloomer, and he's he's killed it for the Marlins this year. So that's cool for him. Yeah, overall, I don't. I, I there's, I mean, there's a lot of arguments you can make, but at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, Tommy Edmond should probably be on this yeah. roster somewhere. I mean, probably even over Jeff McNeil at second yeah. base. Um, you know, you mentioned the whole thing with Riley. I, I feel still feel like he should be on the roster at some some area i mean if that's the dh or i understand the positional flexibility type issue but i feel like he should be on there still oh, you yeah. mentioned you mentioned will smith um nimmo i mean 
I mean, heck, if, even if you're making a case, I mean, I know it's he's not going to be the most valuable player there, but if we're talking about each team needs a representative, I'd probably rather see Brandon Drury get the nod for the Reds over Luis Castillo just because this type of season he's having, yeah. and Castillo had the injuries to start with. Um, so I guess that's probably another name he can get in the outfield slot or infield, whatever. But, I mean, overall, I don't hate the – I think they got most of the picks right there. I mean, you mentioned Freddie with first base, but – I mean, Pete should be there. Aaron Otto should be. Dansby should be. Ian Hat probably should be. Juan Soto, you know, if you're needing the representative for the Nationals, it should be Josh Bell. But if you're already so loaded at first, you had to have Soto there. Okay. Um, and I do wonder if, if, like, having Soto there, which I know we're going to talk about it in the next little step, too, is part of, like, hey, we'll add you if you do, like, the home run derby. Because um, I know a lot of people are being, like, sticklers on they want to be on the team if they want to do the derby. Um, or whatever. So I don't have as much issue, honestly, with everyone there. I mean, there's arguments we can make for, for other guys, but overall, I don't hate it in general. Yeah, I mean, like I say, there was like two or three head scratchers to me on yeah. this team. But, you know, it's not horrible. I mean, to me, Starling Marte was a head scratcher. I mean, I, I don't know. But, uh, but looking at the pitchers um, now, Sandy Alcantara definitely uh, – you know, Corbin Burns, Joe Musgrove, Max Fried, Tony Gonsolin, Luis Castillo, Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Rodon are the starters. And the relievers, Hader, Edwin Diaz, Ryan Helsley, David Bednar, and Joe Mantiply. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, there's maybe a couple other guys you can you can throw in here. But honestly, I feel like they got most of the pitchers correct, if not all of them. Like, people are going to scratch their head at Mantiply, but he's been, like, one of the most dominant, like – late inning relievers for the Diamondbacks and people just don't even realize that because he's on the Diamondbacks. Bednar's been good for a couple years. Helsley, Diaz, amazing, amazing seasons. Hader has been untouchable this year pretty much. Um, and then look at the rotation. Like Sandy, we talk about him every single day. He could be our pitcher of this week again. Had two phenomenal starts. Um, I think he went, what, 13 shutout innings this week, I want to yeah. say. Seven against um, the Mets and then six against somebody. Yeah, still didn't even get pitcher of the week, yeah. which is insane to me. Um, Corbin Burns should be there. Musgrove should be there. Max Freed, Gonsolin for what he's done. Um, you know, I made the argument if if with Castillo right there, if the Reds needed that, you could probably have a different pitcher in at that part. Maybe like Logan Webb or Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler um, are just guys that I would probably rather see in over Castillo. Um, Rodon, he was a late add. He wasn't on the initial roster, but he's late ad, so at least he got on there. And that's for Josh Hader uh, because I think Hader's wife is pregnant, and I think they're going to have the baby over that time, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Kershaw, he's on there. I made my case for him last week um, to be the starter, but that was more of a commissioner pick. Uh, at the end of the day, he wasn't voted on by the peers or the uh, or the uh, the players or the managers or anything. Yeah, I mean, I would have I would have picked someone other than Kershaw I mean obviously like you said that wasn't really a peers choice or anything but I mean there's other pitchers who have been way more deserving this year like Zach Wheeler I mean it, he's been far more deserving Logan mm -hmm. Webb I mean it you know Kershaw's been really good but you know he missed it's a just lot the of innings. time yeah, yeah he missed a lot of time so um you know you might look back at the end of the year and say oh wow Kershaw has been one of the best pitchers in baseball but but as of right now you know he's missed so much time it's, it's hard to it's hard for him, um, and, and if you're going to add a, 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 you know, a pick like that, why not add Wainwright? 
you know, if you're going to add a pick like that, Wainwright's got a 315 ERA in 105 innings, and this might be his last year. So if it was in St. Louis, they would. I know, and I, but you know, anyways, I but I do think that whoever's the most deserving, probably, and Wainwright might end up getting added late. I mean, because some of these guys will pitch this weekend. In fact, I think Max Fried's set up to start this weekend. He pitched last night, so he would be in line to pitch like Friday or something. Probably won't pitch in the, in the game. Um, but some of these other guys, I'm sure, the same way. Uh, I think Carlos Rodon pitched, what, last night maybe? Um, so he'll probably pitch again. Um, so, But but we'll see what happens. Um, like I say, there was a lot of guys. And then, you know, relievers, um, you know, I think that they pretty much got the relievers right. Um, you know, you could definitely put – you know, Hader, Diaz, and Helsley have to be on, or you know, they've been the top three. Um, and then, but you know, Bednar and Mantiply, you know, they were definitely the only possible players on their teams for it. So, um, you know, there's been other guys. AJ Minter, I think, deserved to be there. Devin Williams definitely deserves to be there. Um, but it's hard to pick over Hader, Helsley, and Diaz. And then, you know, you got the other guys that are. Mantiply's been really good too. I mean. I don't want to down what he's done, you know, a uh, 208 ERA on the season. So really solid, but um, yeah. And that just ballooned up over like yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I know for a long time he had like an under one ERA. Yeah. He's closer to his metrics now too. I mean, it, he's, yeah. his metrics are sub or low third twos metrics and that's what he's got now. So and he deserves to be there. I mean, relievers are so volatile that, you know, it's hard, Absolutely. To, but, um, but yeah, so it, it definitely interesting. Um, you know, and, you know, we talked about last week you know, who would start. Uh, but, you know, I would pick McClanahan. And, I mean, if I, if we're looking at who's deserving, I mean, I think you pick Sandy probably in the National League. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. They might go with Kershaw. They might – hell, the, the managers, Brian Snicker, he might go with Freed. You never know. So, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think uh, – definitely think that McClanahan and uh, – and uh, and Sandy, but it, hey, if you're looking for views, though, you know Kershaw versus Verlander would be pretty interesting. So it would be if Dusty Baker would let him pitch. Well, that's his Dusty Baker's. His, oh yeah, that's right. That's, I just, yeah. I just said he's not. He yeah, tells that's that he right. Wasn't he's pitch. not going to pitch at all. But that would be really fun if if it was Verlander versus Kershaw. That would. But, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up the All-Star Game starter or rosters and who we think are subs so far. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the Home Run Derby. We have five of the eight participants uh, confirmed so far. Um, and those being Pete Alonzo, who has won the last two Home Run Derbies. So he's going for the three-peat. Uh, we have Kyle Schwarber. We have Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, and Albert Pujols. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the home run derby's for fun, and um, I think that that's kind of shown by this. I mean, uh, for, for one thing, I'm really surprised that Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing it because he's been injured um, so much, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, you know, with it, a lot of his injuries being lower body related to his knee last year and then just kind of some working back into it injuries, but that's, that's kind of interesting that he's doing it. Um, I think Soto is a guy who's fun, fun to see in it. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that Pujols is going to do it. Cause he can, he can still hit the ball really hard. And uh, in his last year, that'll be, that's really cool. You kind of had to have Alonso if you wanted to do it because last year you got it. Someone has got to do thrown the champ. So he's won the last two. You kind of had to have him in there. 
but uh, definitely interesting stuff. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, you know, and the, the Pujol selection, it's kind of easy because if you don't get any of the Dodgers, which Mookie's not doing it, Freddie's not doing it, um, Will Smith said he'll do it if he's on the roster, which he's not at the moment, it automatically gives LA fans the hometown guy to yeah. kind of root for at that point. Um, you know, but Pete, it's going to be hard to see Pete losing. I mean, he's just been so good at something like this. Um, you know, Schwarber, he's really good. I mean, all these guys are really, really good at this. Like I, I put in our chat the other day, like, is this shaping up to be one of the greatest home run derbies or if not the greatest home run derby ever just through five people. So like, could you imagine if you got, I mean, I know judge said he wasn't going to do it, but if you got judge Stan and trout or, like Stanton in there, Julio Rodriguez, who would be really fun to watch as well. Like this home run derby is going to be absolutely loaded. And I think it's one of the most loaded ones in the past handful of years. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, sometimes the home run derby is a little bit, um, you know, it can be a little bit overrated at times. But I think this year's going to be a lot of fun. Especially, I mean, I can't wait to see what Albert Pujols can do in the home run yeah. derby at age 42 or whatever he is. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So I don't know. It's kind of weird that that's like the first guy I think of being excited about watching, try to hit home runs. But, <laughs> um, but I think that's going to be really cool. So I just hope he either he's needs to go for like 30 in the first round or like, it's not going to be any fun. Yeah. Cause he's, he's probably going to lose in the first round against these guys, but he has to give us some sort of a show there yeah. at, at some point. But, uh, that was just a fun little thing to, to talk about. And we'll, uh, that will be completed by the time we talk next time, so we'll be able to go over that. But we had a, a minor trade this week between the Braves and the Kansas City Royals with Atlanta getting pick 35 in this draft, which was a comp competitive balance pick, which is why it was able to get traded. And Kansas City received prospects Drew Waters, Andrew Hoffman, and C.J. Alexander. Yeah, so, um, you know, the competitive balance pick, that's a pretty big deal because that's pretty early in the draft. And not only do you get that slot to pick in, but you get the slot value money-wise. And uh, the Braves farm system is, is, you know, today was ranked 29th out of 30 in the, um, you know, out of all the farm systems. They've had so many graduations and trades over the last few years. So, you know, kind of getting that extra money, I think they'll probably spread it out and, and try to get a, some quantity of prospects just to start pulling up in the, in the low minors because uh, they really need to start developing some, some more talent for the next wave. Um, and, uh, you know, and the Royals get a few prospects that, that are at least interesting. Drew Waters has fallen off a cliff since his 2019 double-A campaign, in, uh, which was fueled by 436 batting average on balls in play. His approach at the plate is just not good. He, he swings and misses a ton. His lowest strikeout rate since, since uh, high A is 24%. And this year at AAA, he has an 84 WRC plus at age 23. And this is his third season in AAA. So, uh, you know, it's very worrying for Waters. This, in fact, he was in AAA in 2019. So it's really is, you know, he had the 2020 where he wasn't, nobody played AAA. But, um, you know, over 30% strikeout rates last year and, and in, in 2019 this year it's come down a little bit but still not hitting the ball very well um that's uh but but he's a very high end talent wise athletic switch hitter can hit the ball really hard um so definitely still kind of interesting and it's a type of thing where change of scenery might help him uh andrew hoffman is actually a guy who 
has been pretty good in the low minors. He was a pretty low draft pick a couple years ago, but um, you know he's he's kind of shown maybe the the opportunity to be a back end of the back into the rotation type guy, or maybe a um, maybe looking at a um, a guy who could who could go to the bullpen and do well. Um, you know he's had pretty good he's got really good numbers in, in this year in in a high A. And then uh, C.J. Alexander's been at AA for like four years, but he's got some athletic talent. So, uh, you know, not totally lost there. But uh, but definitely an interesting trade. I, I think it's honestly value-wise probably pretty even. But if you – it depends on what you think of Drew Waters. Because if you think you can maybe fix him, then it could be a big-time win for the Royals, especially since they'll have a spot for him to play at the big league level. But if you think Drew Waters is a lost cause like a lot of Braves people do, then – you know, it's probably just throwing away a draft pick if you're Kansas City. So uh, definitely an interesting trade, and uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see what Drew Waters does with some playing time at the big league level, most likely coming after a future Benintendi trade from, uh, from Kansas City. And even even maybe a Michael Taylor trade. Well, but, yeah, that um, too. But, you know, it, it like you mentioned, it's going to be a can Kansas City get Drew Waters, a change of scenery, unlock something in him that the Braves, you know, weren't able to. Um, it still does kind of head scratch to me that they'd give up on a, you know, 35th pick with where they're at in their rebuild. They could use that to get more talent in that system. Um, and then taking the chance on a guy like drew waters with the other two kind of just being lottery ticket guys as well. I mean, even waters is sort of a lottery ticket guy himself. Um, just seems like you're taking a lot of risk on, on there and, and giving up, you know, bonus pool money in your draft class and, and a good pick at that area where there's, probably going to be a decent amount of talent still left. Um, but, you know, if, if you truly feel that you can unlock something in Drew Waters, and, and if you do, that that makes this trade look a lot better because you get a younger guy. I think what, he's 23 or 24 um, and hasn't been up there, so you have his full six years of service time or whatever in the major leagues. Um, if you need bodies to fill after you make some future trades, then, all right, I mean, it we can't make a big deal about it. I mean, it is just a, a 35th pick for a handful of prospects, but it'll, uh, it'll be one to watch for the coming years and see who they draft with that pick. Cause if they draft some like superstar with it, everyone's going to look back and be really scratching their heads at, at the time. But anyway, uh, the last little thing before we jump to players of the week, we wanted to mention is the MLB today announced that they're going to try a new shift uh, regulation down. I believe it's in low a, um, and they've already started with there has to be two fielders on the infield on each side of second base, and then those infielders also have to be positioned on the dirt. So basically eliminating any kind of the shift that you basically have been able to do the past couple years and you know, you've seen in going to the major leagues. But now they're even taking that a step further because what people were doing is they were just putting their shortstop you know, right kind of off just barely to the left of second base and kind of modifying the shift that way a little bit. But they're going to try some pie-shaped lines. Not entirely sure what that's going to look like, but there's going to be some chalk lines from the base to the outfield grass that the infielders cannot pass at least until the ball is pitched. Um, is how I was reading it. So I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of a pie-shaped thing. I'm still not even a big fan of telling people that they can't stand on the grass. Um, I think I'm perfectly fine with saying two people have to be on each side of the of the base. I think that's fine. But if you want to put your second baseman all the way out short right field to help that lefty hitter, well, then that lefty hitter can just hit a little chopper or 
whatever right past the pitcher and that ends up being a hit 99 percent of the time um and it helps eliminate you know you're taking away a guy's for speed aspect right there as well yeah i mean i think this is a terrible rule i, I mean i I think it's for one thing. I, I don't like limiting where a team can position their players defensively. I mean, I think that if you're def- if you're position your players however you want to, based on how the guy at the plate hits the ball. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I think that's a part of the game. It's part of the strategy, and there's adjustments players can make, and it's a skill to not hit it that way. I mean, it, I think that's really. I, I don't like that. Now, you know, if you're gonna do something. You know the two players on each side of the bag. I mean, okay. I mean, I know something's coming. So, you know, if you're gonna do something, that's kind of a something. I guess that works. But um, I think it's I think it's terrible idea to have like pie shape. Make it too complicated. Have pie shapes out there and lines all over the field telling you where you can play, where you can't play. I think it's you know it makes it where the hitter doesn't have to have any kind of back control just swing away swing for the fences every time and if you hit it you know just pull the ball through the hole every time i I don't you know i don't really like that at all so um i think that it's gonna it's gonna eliminate a certain skill set from players it's gonna make way more players joey gallo type players which is bad for the game you know whether you like joey gallo or not as a player, I think that's bad for the game to have just the strikeout, home run, walk type guys, and you know that that super heavy pool type hitter. So, um, it, you know, and I'm sure there's some players that aren't happy about this at all too. I mean, because because like I say, I mean that's a skill that a lot of players have made their careers off of. I mean, look at a guy like Tommy Edmond. I mean, you know, it, it's just I don't know, but like I say, if you're gonna have the if you're going to have the shift rule, two guys on each side of the infield, okay. The not letting them get on the grass at all and the not letting them play close to the middle and having to be within certain lines on the field, that's just stupid. So I think that they need to – hopefully MLB is just kind of throwing stuff at, at the wall to see what works, and they decide against putting that in the big leagues because that I think that's just a really, really, really bad idea. And, and one other thing too – is that I think that in the minor leagues, I get maybe low minors, it's not that big of a deal, but even in the minor leagues, I think that it's important to let them, the players are, are there to develop, and they need to develop at what the rules are at the big league level at the current moment. So a lot of the new rules being put into the minor leagues, I think, you know, do it at independent ball. You know, they've got these affiliated independent leagues that are, or not affiliated, but they're like, you know, they're they're taking suggestions from MLB on rules to try out. Let it happen in the in the uh, Atlantic League or something. I don't think it should be happening in the minor leagues where players are there to develop with major league rules. So that's just kind of my two cents on that. But um, you know, if they change the rules at the big league level, then they, obviously I think they should be changed at the minor league level too. But right now, I would I would prefer them be more of like changing those rules in the independent leagues instead. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that thought as well. Then letting the minor league players play with the, the actual rules for now. Um, it, I don't. It's going to be interesting to see. It doesn't seem like Rob Manfred has ever had a good grip on what to do, anyways. Um, so I don't know why we're, any of us are going to be shocked by him doing something bad down there. Um, you know, like you mentioned, hopefully it's just them saying, "Hey, we've we've done this for half season. Let's see what this looks like, and then we'll go from there." Because, um, like you mentioned, some sort of banning the shift is going to come back because they want the offense to jump back up, and that's just that's just how it is. 
for some reason. So, anyways, that will uh, that will wrap up that part of it, and we'll jump over to players of the week and wrap this show up. Uh, so, who do you have for your hitter this week? So, my hitter this week is going to be uh, a guy that um, you know he had a he had a good week. There's there's a there's a lot of good hitters this week, honestly. Um, there were several guys we talked about a few of them with the All Star game earlier. So, uh, but I went I went with Aaron Hicks. Uh, Aaron Hicks has, has has really gotten a lot of criticism this year, and a lot of it really hasn't been, you know, super fair to him. But uh, this week he hit 421 uh, with a 522 on base, a 1.158 slugging in six games, hit three homers, uh, 0.8 WAR. Um, you know he. he He's been pretty good this year. I mean, people people are just keep dogging on Aaron Hicks, and he's been a solid defender, a solid base runner, nine stolen bases, positive grades in the metrics, uh, one ten WRC plus the plate. He's got his trademark plate discipline still there, fifteen percent walk rate. You know, his strikeout rate's not astronomical, and uh, you know, he, the batting average is kind of low. The slugging's not super good, but he's got one point four wins above replacement on the year. I mean, this guy's been really solid, so. People need to stop dogging on Aaron Hicks uh, for the time being, at least, and uh, see what happens going forward there. I mean, the Yankees have the means to make a trade, but uh, but he had a great week this week. Obviously, a lot of the he hit half of his home runs on the season this week, so uh, that's part of it too. But uh, you know, Aaron Hicks playing pretty well right now, and um, that's uh, good for the Yankees. So. Yeah, and I think that the even part of that sentence you said that could be shortened down is Aaron Hicks is playing. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. I mean, he's at 75 so. games this year, which is his, you know, his most games since 2018. You look at 2019, 59 games. Obviously, 2020 was a shortened season, 54 games, uh, but 2021, 32 games. Uh, so he's already at 75 games this year. His most played appearances since that 2018 season. Uh, you know, it's one of those where he is playing in New York, and the spotlight's always going to be bigger there, and the scrutiny's always going to be more there i mean if he's playing for the twins still right now i don't think you hear as much outcry or anything on him right now i mean he's been he's been just fine as a solid outfielder um you know is there a thing where they can upgrade that probably but i mean he's been solid enough and he plays a solid enough defense which is pretty much what you need for a team like the yankees yeah i mean who who are the yankees gonna go get to play center field Uh, michael taylor yeah i mean it's like Michael Taylor's not an upgrade. I mean, obviously you can go add Michael Taylor for depth because there's a chance Hicks gets hurt. But like, I mean, I, you know, unless you get Brian Reynolds, I mean, you're not really upgrading. So I don't really understand. I don't really understand where the Yankees fans are coming from. And I, I, I honestly, and another thing is too, they, they won't judge to play center. I think some Yankees fans, and I don't think that's a good idea long-term no. judge has been really healthy this year. But we've seen in the past him get injured, you know, at, at certain times, and you know, we've I've seen uh, that 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 is there is some truth to the fact that a guy playing center is going to take a little bit more wear and tear than playing right. So um, even though Judge has graded out as you know a, a average in center, um, you know, I, I definitely think you want your star player to play right and then go get somebody like like you know, and have Aaron Hicks play center. I mean, so but uh, just uh, just a little piece there on Aaron Hicks, but. But uh, definitely a guy who is has been, you know, really, really killing it lately. Absolutely. Well, for my hitter this week, we you mentioned, uh, you know, the first part of that Texas spinning spree uh, last week with Marcus Simeon um, on the offensive side. This week, I went with Corey Seager, um, a guy who on the week. Oh, what did I do? Here it is. Uh, 
I go back over here. Sorry, I was on the wrong page. Where's this at? I think I'd be better set up for this. Huh? <laughs> oh, because I hit it over here. There it is. Uh, he hit 455 on the week, a 519 on base percentage, an 1136 slugging, a 339 WRC plus, almost a full win above replacement this week. He was even pretty good defensively. This week, five homers, six runs, 10 RBIs. You know, Corey Seager is a guy who really struggled to start off the year. I mean, even if you look at his numbers overall, a 245 average with a 782 OPS. I mean, he does have 20 homers, but that doesn't look like somebody who was, you know, a 10-year, 300 and something million dollar contract guy. And then if you look at what he's done over the last month, a 296 average, 968 OPS, eight homers, 17 runs, 19 RBIs. That's more of what you would expect um, from a guy getting that type of a contract. And we've not mentioned Simeon last week starting to get, you know, start to live up to that contract. Seems like Seager's really starting to do that same thing. And maybe that's the the, the two keys in the cog that they need to get this thing rolling again. Um, and I think this is the type of production that a lot of people could, you would expect to see from Seager in general. Yeah. You know, talk about Corey Seager. Um Corey Seager has actually been extremely good this year. The the only thing has just been the batting average on balls of play. He's been one of the most unlucky hitters in, in baseball this year. He's still been really good. A 120 WRC plus, almost three war. His defense has graded out really well this year, better than it ever has. Um, and uh, I, I, he's got a 239. He's never run a batting average on balls of play under 300. This year he's running 239 right now. Yeah. So – you know, that's just a, that's a really, really, really low number, and his expected numbers are better than that. His expected batting average, he's, he's running a 245 batting average. StatCast expected batting average has him at a 304, and his expected slugging at a 4, 592. And his ex Woba, his expected weighted on base average, which is a metric, we, we don't use the ex Woba very often. But it's basically a, a metric that it's a, it scales you as a hitter, and it puts it on the same scale as on base percentage. It's over 400 right now. So he's been extremely good. He's just been super unlucky. I mean, his hard hit rate's still really good. His exit velocities are the same as they were last year. Um, I think he's going to have a huge second half if he keeps playing like he just his swing in the bat exactly like he has so far this year. Just having a little bit more luck, he's going to have a huge second half. I think Corey Seager's definitely turning a corner, and and as you talk about, this week was a start of that. So, absolutely. So, who do you have for your pitcher this week? So my pitcher this week, um, there was, a, again, pitchers-wise, there were a lot of really, really good performances this week. I thought, uh, you know, and we, like, like, we, like the same thing with, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, kind of, uh, you know, some of those, some of the guys who could have picked were, were all-star guys, like Sandy Alcantara, uh, all-star guy, Rodon, uh, Kershaw. I picked uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer came back from the IL, and in his first game, uh had 11 strikeouts against the uh, Reds, uh, which was really impressive. His first game back, I mean, the Reds aren't good. But then, you know, his second game was untouchable last night against the Braves. And, and what's a huge series going on right now between the Braves and the Mets. And uh, Max Scherzer has looked really, really good since coming off the IL. 13 innings, has not walked anybody. He's gotten a ton of strikeouts. Uh, he's only given up one run on a homer last night to Austin Riley, and that, that's it in 13 innings. So Max Scherzer's been extremely good, uh, and he's my uh, he's my player of the week uh, for pitchers. Yeah, Max Scherzer has 
look like vintage Max Scherzer, like you said. Um, and the Mets are going to be even scarier because Jacob DeGrom is on the mend and making rehab starts already. Um, so, you know, now's a, a big series for them and for Scherzer to come out against that Braves team and look as good as he did and just give up the one homer um, last night. That's going to be big, big, big time for that Mets team getting the healthy Max Scherzer. And if you can get a healthy Jacob DeGrom back, um, because the Braves have made it a, a, you know, a run for that division again, after there was a, a time there where we thought maybe the Mets were just going to run away with it. They battled the injury bug. They're starting to heal up now and it's going to, the race is back on. So it's going to be interesting to watch those two teams going down the stretch and, and what the Mets are even going to do at the deadline. Yeah, no doubt. All righty. Uh, so for my pitcher this week, I went with Alex Wood from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, the Giants have been battling injuries with the rest of the rotation outside of Logan Webb and uh, Carlos Rodon. Alex Wood is a, a guy who is pretty solid. will give you a, a round of four ERA all the time. And on his last two games, had a five innings against Arizona, gave up four hits, one earned run, four strikeouts, no walks. And then against the Padres, seven innings, three hits, zero earned runs, one walk, eight strikeout. Just big time, big time starts for the Giants right now who are kind of reeling. They're falling back. I believe they're, I want to say, 13 games back in the in the division now. Uh, let me double check that real quick. They are 13 games back now in the division. Um, so they're going to need, they're one game above 500. So they're going to need some, uh, you know, they're going to need some more performances like this from a guy like Alex Wood trying to help round out the rotation because they have lost Anthony DiSclefani for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's, um, Alex Wood's been, you know, had a great week. Alex Wood's actually been really good this year. Um, his ERA is high, but I'll tell you the problem that he's had is the problem that his whole team has had. That defense, that defense is awful behind him. I mean, you look at their team with the exception of Logan Webb, who he's going to beat his metrics a lot of times just because of the type of contact he gives up. But Carlos Rodon, a 270 ERA with a 214 FIP. Alex Wood, a 443 ERA with a 326 FIP. Alex Cobb, a 471 ERA with a 314 FIP. And then the, the guys that are really struggling too are ground ball guys. Alex Cobb's getting 62% ground balls. That's why his they just can't field it. I mean, um, you know, even there, even some of their relievers. I mean, you look at Tyler Rogers. He's a guy that's a huge ground ball guy. Fifty-seven point three percent ground ball rate. Four fifty ERA with a three twenty-eight FIP. So that's something that this team that they've got to figure out a way to, to piece their their guys together and and, and get better defensively. I, I don't know how they can do it but that they really need to figure it out. I know that that's kind of a team that didn't care about defense. They were mixing and matching, platooning guys, getting their bats in the right lineup for good matchups. It's kind of been Gabe Kapler's thing. But, you know, they don't have a Brandon Crawford, elite Brandon Crawford at shortstop anymore. You know, they don't have a, you know, Longoria is aging every year at third. I mean, Mike Yastrzemski's played center a lot this year. I mean, he's not good out there. Um you know, they've got to figure out a way, but but Alex Wood and, and this whole rotation in general. I mean, you look at Rodon, Webb, Wood, Cobb, all four of them have over one war, and all, th- all four of them are also have a FIP under 326. That's the highest FIP out of their top four in their rotation, and, you know, their ERA is pretty average. So 
uh, this is definitely that that it's definitely a group that is has been really really good, but could uh, just use some help from from behind them. Yeah, that that's been the main thing for the Giants this year is that terrible terrible defense, and I just don't know where they go forward with trying to improve this at the deadline. Um, their farm system's not great, and you there's not many options out there for you to be able to go do that um, as defensive options, really. So it's going to be a head scratcher. I think this is. You know, the defense, we didn't expect it to be this bad with the Giants, but I think this is sort of what we expected from the team even last year. Like we said all year long, they were not a 107-win team. Like they were not as good as they really were last year. I think we expected them to be close to 500 or maybe slightly above 500 team last year, maybe, you know, 10 games over or whatever. And it just seems like that's kind of been the way they've played this year. And, you know, they have had some key losses with Posey, you know, and then Belt being out for a while. And then guys not bouncing back or having the years that they had last year. But I think this is more in line from what we actually really expected from this Giants team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're this year they've played like a, a roughly 500-level team. I mean, it, yeah. that's just kind of been the um, – that's just kind of been their thing this year. So, um, you know, it's it's not been – it hasn't been uh, – hasn't been great for them. We'll just put it that way. And, uh, you know – one other thing to kind of look at when you look at defense for them, I, you know, I'm wrong. Mike Strzemski's actually been pretty good defensively in center. Um, he hasn't played a ton in center, but he's been pretty good out there, two outs above average. So I will admit that I was wrong there. But they have had a lot of guys that are negative in the negatives defensively uh, this year, uh, and they've had some like, I mean, Jock Peterson, who's DH some, but my God, he's been awful defensively. So. Um, Brandon Belt's been awful defensively. Darren Ruff's been awful defensively. I mean, and these guys are, are key pieces for them. But, but yeah, definitely kind of a 500 team right now. It's hard to fix defense when, when it's an organizational issue. So right. um, that's not just something – it's kind of like the Phillies. That's not just something you fix at the deadline. That's kind of a whole – the whole team is like that. You can't just add one great defender and make them all good. You know, you maybe add a center fielder or a shortstop or something to make them better. But um, that's definitely a problem for them. So it hurts the pitching rotation that's been so good, and that, that's that's a shame. Yeah, I, and at least just to – I'll wrap it up real quick. But the, I do think there's some room for them to bounce back defensively. Like oh, I don't yeah. think they're they're as bad of a defensive team as they've played this year. I think they've just been really unlucky on, on that so far. So I think there's some room there. Maybe if you make one or two improvements, if you can just slightly start getting that defense better and then make a couple you know moves at the deadline for just – solid defenders even if it is like a, a center fielder or whatever maybe that is the the little jump start you guys need to get back to playing yeah. you know the style of baseball you need as a giants team so anyways uh next week's episode will be the all-star week uh we'll probably be actually recording as the all-star games happening um and then we'll have the trade deadline preview and the trade deadline in the next couple weeks after that so it's going to be a going to be a busy few weeks here with the bat flip podcast got anything else you want to wrap up on that um, not too much. Just uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good games going on this week. Uh, you know, everyone gets excited for the All Star game this time of year, but uh, it's a big time, big time stuff happening this week. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. There's some you know the Braves Met series is obviously huge. Um, you know, some first place teams playing Brewers Twins Dodgers Cardinals is a big series. Uh, and, and and hey, before we go, shout out to the Orioles. Um, 
you know, they've won, what, seven in a row? They're winning in the eighth inning right now tonight. Shout out to the Orioles. They've been playing really, really good ball. Um, and they're a team that I don't think they're going to keep this up this year, but they look very interesting going forward with some of their prospects and how well they're doing. Some of them being called up this year so far, like like Rutschman, and then some of them how well they did in the minor leagues, like uh, like Gunnar Henderson, who's been just absolutely insanely good in AAA so far. So uh, shout out to the Orioles. Uh, it's good to see a team that's been admired in very deep, um, a very deep rebuild and, and criticize, criticize as much as they have to uh, start to figure some things out. So it's been a lot of fun for them. Yeah, DL Hall has been pretty good down the minus yeah, two. But, I, and, and we'll wrap it. I know we'll talk more about the, the Orioles next week when we do the breakdown. Uh, but just so you can see where we're at, until that next week, they're 43 and 44. They are one game under 500. This is a team that most people expect. We're still in the baseball. And as of it sitting right now, without their win today, they are two and a half games out of wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one other team to shout out the Mariners have turned it around so well, too. And I know we're running kind of ranting on that, but the Mariners, uh, they're in the wild card right now. If that season ended today, they're, well, they're one game. They're a half game out from Toronto now because they haven't because the Toronto's finished and the Mariners haven't finished today. They were tied for the wild card coming into the day, and uh, I think that they. Um, I, I'm trying to find the score, but they got postponed tonight, so they'll be a half game after tonight. But they're playing the Nationals, so they'll have a doubleheader against the Nationals. So that might be two wins. Absolutely. We'll uh, and we'll we'll follow up on that next week when we do the uh, the first half breakdown and let you guys know where everything sits at that point and looking forward to the second half. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode of the Batflip Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week.